As I hear this woman's story, I sense the weight she shoulders, the worry circling as a daily reality, the hurt that creeps slowly towards skepticism. I hear her story and I recognize the lives of so many others, the weariness that is insidious, the relentless grind that comes with its own isolation. It comes for countless reasons, both like this woman's and in a thousand other shapes. But it comes, it comes for so many people. Just about everything in this woman's situation is hard. Our first clue is that she comes to the well alone. Drawing water was meant to be shared work. Usually the women all came together and then lugging those heavy jugs and buckets home, they had each other's company to buoy them up. But she does not. We also hear that she is carrying the burden of these past relationships. We don't know why they didn't continue. We don't know if she bears the pain of being widowed again and again, or if it was something else. Whatever happened, it sounds like she struggles to live with this pain and shame. It is hard for a woman to be unmarried in her day, both practically and relationally, even if she has found someone else. And maybe that's why she's alone. Maybe she's embarrassed to be with the other women or just tired of their advice and unhelpful comments, longing instead to be known and heard and understood. Perhaps that's why she's there at noon, hours after the others would have come in the cool of the day. And so this heat is another price she pays for how hard things already are. Working hard, too often alone, not sure what good can still come or who might bring some relief or how we might cajole real peace into being. This isn't just one nameless woman's story. I hear shades of this longing from so many folks these days. And then this stranger arrives, and he is asking for one more thing of this tired lonely woman. I can feel her wince and sigh. Her day is hard enough. Can he just let her be? He, a Jewish man, should not be talking to her, a woman of Samaria. But for all the ways this encounter isn't even supposed to take place, it also unfolds in ways she isn't expecting. Give me a drink, He starts out, and then suddenly he's also offering her something greater than she can yet fathom. He's teaching her things, diving into the great mystery, and he's also listening deeply, leaving room for her, for her truth. It is an exchange. 
speech. There is tender reciprocity. Jesus is inviting her into a new way of being, a new way of being together. There are, there are many things, <clears throat> there are many things of beauty this passage offers us. There is the resounding refusal to accept the divisions that have been thrust upon us. As Jesus shocks even his disciples by engaging like this with a Samaritan woman. There is her discovery of who he is, the Messiah, the one who fully knows her and still remains close. There is the way this care and revelation sets her heart on fire, sends her running to share this wildly good news with her community. But there's something else. Something quieter that I keep returning to. All throughout this story, I get the sense that Jesus is trying to offer this woman a simple question. He shows up in the heat of the day and seems to ask, What if it doesn't have to be so hard? What if God desires ease for her? And, in fact, is here, now, offering ease in every way God can think of. Here, Jesus says, here is the ease of being known, and then of being loved, not in spite of who you are, but because of it, together with the whole of your story. And here, Jesus says, here is water that will keep running for you, water that will give you life Keep quenching your thirst no matter what happens. And here, Jesus continues, here is a way to know God who will be with you wherever you are. The spirit who transcends all, who is present in all mystery. She is not bound to one specific place, but will join you anywhere and everywhere. Again, he returns to that simple, beautiful starting place. What if it doesn't have to be so hard? And I wonder, what if God wanted this not only for this one woman in Samaria many years ago, but wants it for all of us today? On Wednesday morning this past week, I hit a wall. It was nothing dramatic. I I don't generally feel burnt out, but on this particular morning, I was just so tired. I stared at my computer screen, willing my brain to fire enough to make my fingers move, and they just sat there on the keys. I had no thoughts. All, All I had really was a blank stare. My dog, Mabel, was already snoring softly next to me. And after sitting dazed like this for some time, I I finally shook my head and I closed my laptop. I went and got a pillow and curled up next to my dog on the couch and closed my eyes. She was warm and she was already twitching in her dreams. And as the rare treat of sunshine came filtering in through the window, I promptly fell asleep. 
It was simple and it felt decadent and it was just right. When I woke up a half hour later, my mind flashed suddenly to a place that I had not been to since I was 22. It's in Vermont, right along the banks of the Connecticut River, a sprawling 14 acres of meadows and the expanse of land is filled with sculptures. A winding path leads you around the gently rolling hills, past all kinds of towering art that is meant to depict different parts, different moments of the adventure of life. There are sculptures representing what is really good about many of our lives and also what is difficult, painful, what asks a lot of us. The artists engage the whole sweep of it. Near the end of the meandering path that's just mowed into the tall grass, it leads you out of the meadow and into the woods, away from the intense sun. It carries you to a place of respite. That's what the small wooden sign says. It's, it tells you what's supposed to happen there. Respite. There is a weathered hammock swinging in the shade. There's nothing extra there. No art, no improbably balanced sculpture, nothing clever or whimsical. There's just an old hammock and a stream burbling nearby. There are still mosquitoes, but it's quiet, and by design, there is room for you to stop for a little while and just be. What if it doesn't have to be so hard? The question must have seemed absurd to that woman at the well, maybe even like Jesus was mocking her. This is the shape of her life. She works hard, she sweats under the noonday sun, while she shoulders the weight of this water alone, day after day. How can he offer something different, something freeing, something fully alive? And how impossible it can seem to so many today that maybe it doesn't have to be so hard, that maybe God wants it another way, wants this kind of ease for all of us. But what if there's something that you can let go, put off, back out of, set down? What if God is offering respite here and now? I don't know what that looks like, to be honest, or how we might go about crafting it together. <clears throat> maybe it simply looks like taking more naps. And maybe it looks like finding ways to restore community. So we're carrying the water together, no matter our histories or differences. So we can shoulder it with and for each other and all find a little more of this holy rest. And maybe the respite comes in simply letting Jesus' words sink in a little deeper. As he teaches that God is not confined to one place or, or one holy mountain or one strange and wonderful sanctuary. 
but that God is with us everywhere. That God's spirit is with us in every place we go. In the cubicle, in the doctor's office, stuck in traffic, during the flailing tantrum in the cereal aisle, when we're home, alone, longing for company. What if God is with us here, in all these places, tending, reaching, offering us this water that never fails to bring new life? What if God is already offering us this blessed ease?